All right. I can't hear anything. Can you hear anything? I can. Ooh. Hey. hey. Thank you, Aiden. Aiden. I was going to say Aiden's been playing with the controls again. Heck yeah, he has. Some point in time. It's going to be him sitting here running it for us because we're going to be old and we're not going to understand how it works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, folks, it has been a little while. It's been a while. Mm. Did you just crack that? Yep. Crack glug, glug, glug. Yeah. Crack, crack, glug, glug. Well, at 12, baby. Special occasion. Thought we would do it. Since we're finally back, uh, we've been getting a lot of comments, a lot of people reaching out saying, we miss you. Where's your content? Especially Yawa. And we miss you guys, too, in answering your questions. Unfortunately, between the holidays, getting COVID, having our daycare shut down due to them also having to quarantine for COVID, it's been a long month of not getting any content created. Yes. Uh, or very little content created. At that point, it falls to priorities. And unfortunately, uh, that involves the health and well-being of the dogs here in our care. So, Yeah, taking care of dogs, training dogs, and then the normal bureaucracy. bureaucracy? Paperwork, no, housekeeping, right. whatever you want to call running a business. Yeah. With year-end stuff and beginning year stuff. And so the Yawa and some of the other consistent video content we had been putting out kind of had to get pushed to the back burner. So we apologize and we appreciate you guys reaching out to us and asking if everything was okay and where the content was. Um, It makes us happy that we have such a loyal following and definitely appreciate you guys as subscribers. To say the least here, we have a lot of things to go over with you. We like to utilize Yawa as kind of an announcements and answering questions and just time to interact with y'all. We want to try things a little bit different. We've had positive feedback from both directions. Some people prefer this straight through pre-recorded format where they can, you know, essentially binge it or listen to it via the podcast. I don't know if you guys knew that, but you can listen to all of the Awas on our uh, anywhere you uh, catch your pods. I don't know why people call them pod catchers, but I think that's a thing. Uh, so you can listen to the audio there or you can actually watch them on YouTube. And what we are doing now is we're going to attempt to create slightly shorter Yawa. So we're going to answer two to three questions on the weekly, and then we're going to incorporate as often as we can, and we're going to try and get in a very consistent schedule of it, of one to two times a month doing the full live format, as long as our freaking internet works right, okay? Uh, We were on schedule to get uh, fiber out here last year, and we see how well that worked out. So here we are, Why still don't waiting. we just blame it on COVID? I mean, everything pretty much does. So Sure. Yeah, COVID. So um, we're waiting on that to happen. As soon as we have good internet, reliable internet, we're going to be able to do a lot more live content for y'all, which is a fun way to interact. I mean, we enjoy... We really enjoyed getting to do some of those live Q&A, Yawas, yes. showing off the puppies a few times while they were playing and we were answering questions. And we want to be able to do that again. But we need the internet to work because the last time we attempted a live Yawa, we were doing a giveaway and some other things. And then the internet kept dropping out and we were resetting the router and doing a million different things. And 
I believe I speak for everyone here. It was frustrating. Yeah. When I say it was frustrating, I basically wanted to punch the camera in the face and, uh, the router, the the router router in the face, just like get a hammer and start smashing stuff. Avoid this really pretty, uh, crystal glass, but everything else smashing with a hammer, with a hammer. If you know where that video reference is, smash it with a hammer. Put it in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Also, folks, if this is your first time to the channel, definitely hit that subscribe button for us. We really appreciate it. Um, you helping us grow helps us to be able to do more for you. Now, we have a couple things that we want to roll right into today. And I think it's kind of cool what we have um, set up. We have a couple questions. We're going to go through those. And then we have some really interesting um examples that are real scenarios, um, success stories and failure stories, uh, all in one. And also we're going to do a little, uh, preview, if you will, spoiler alert of some of our upcoming content and videos we have planned coming out because I know a lot of people, um, have been asking for some particular videos. And so we want to tell you what's on the docket. Let's go ahead and answer the first question, and then we'll bump into talking about a few of those upcoming things, as well as one more really exciting announcement. I am very excited about it, and I want to share it with you, but I want to get into a question first. So, So, by the way, this is delicious. Now, Ethan did these screenshots of these questions, and the way he sent them to me are very, very small, so I will read them as best I can. So the first question, which has been a while, because like we said, it's been a while since we've done a Yawa. So some of these we had to go digging for, um, is from Jen Sargenson. And how we found this specifically is it actually says Yawa question right at the beginning of the comment. It's a comment here on YouTube. So you throw in Yawa question, type anything you want. And then we are able to actually search in all of the comments that people comment on all of our videos, which has Mm -hmm. become an insane number of videos, um, and it's hard to get through all those comments, but we can actually filter and search for Yawa and Yawa questions, and then all of the questions that are labeled that way pop up as comments, and then we can go through them that way. Yes. So if you've got a question, label it Yawa question. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So Yawa question, what is the best way to introduce a new puppy to children and vice versa? Our kids are ages six, four, five, three, and six months. Ethan is correct with his one to two dogs is easy, three is harder, four plus is no big difference. It is the same in humans, laugh out loud. Three kids was tough, but the change to four was no big deal. Excellent. I will take your word for it. We are on the way with number two and getting a little bit, um, I don't want to say scared, but going, oh my gosh, Aiden is a busy little toddler. Oh yeah. (laughs) And we've been very busy with obviously him staying home from daycare and COVID. And it's like, oh my gosh, how would we make time for two at this point? But we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I think half of it's going to be Aiden's job. It's like, (laughs) hey, there's your brother. Go play with him. Exactly. So um, this is a really good question and one that has a very familiar theme and that we get asked kind of on the daily, I would say, or every other daily. It's pretty uh, close. How I mean, to, it's often. Between Patreon questions, YouTube questions, emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, text messages, phone calls. The list goes on and on how people ask us questions, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but we get this question a lot. And it's important to understand that 
it is a two-way street. Uh, Jen is right when she said, how do you introduce a new puppy to children and vice versa? So how do you have the children introduced to the new puppy? And it's important to know that it does go both directions. Um, the puppy needs to learn how to properly interact with the children, but the children also need to know what they can do to appropriately play with the puppy. Yeah, and I think the, one of the most common things that we get, and this was um, most recently at a drop-off, just the other day here at the facility, there was a, they said that um, a little boy loves to play with the puppy, and they kind of have become best friends, and they wrestle around, and they play, and then he gets upset when he wants to just lay down and cuddle with the puppy, but the puppy just thinks it's time for wrestle match again, right? So he's... You know, in a sense, that precedent has been laid forward and it's understood the puppy likes to lay down and chill with mom and dad and relax with mom and dad, but the puppy doesn't have that interaction or relationship, if you will, as he does with the kids. Now, um, we struggle with this firsthand with Aiden all the time. So understand that you're not alone. We're not saying, oh, this is easy. Yeah, no, it's not an easy fix. And there is no no magic wand um, to just wave and say, this is the answer, and it will fix all your problems with your children and your puppies. No, but the the precedent that needs to be laid down is that we have expectations both for the puppy and for the child, and that interaction has to be something that we're going to want to see out of the puppy when it becomes an adult. That's kind of a mantra that we preach a lot. People say, can I do this with my puppy? Well, do you want them to do it when they're 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 60 pounds, whatever they are as adults? For the rest of their lives. And this is the time that we can lay that groundwork and we can help everybody, um, both the puppy and the children. So in our, the best thing that I can explain is what our situation specifically looks like. Yeah, Aiden, we, we have expectations and then we also have consequences. Yes. It's like the biggest thing to take from this, but yes. we'll give examples. And uh, with Aiden specifically, he absolutely loves the dogs. Okay, loves them. And there's a couple things that he does that are, in our opinion, naughty, and we have to work through with him on the daily. Every single day we work through these things. Okay? Sometimes every five to 10 minutes because he oh, needs 100%. reminding. It's constant. It's constant. When So uh, with the big dogs, the adult dogs, now this is the thing that should be easier because they are laid back. They're not wrestling with him. They're not playing around. But what he likes to do is chase them. He okay. wants them to run around so that he can chase after them screaming. Yes, because it's fun. He's not, you know, every once in a while, he does things that are naughty, like he'll pull an ear or pull a tail or do something. And we say, hey, even though our dogs go, you know, whatever, and we can more tolerate like this. Holding on to their tail or yes. something. It's not like being mean, but it's not something that we want him to think is an okay behavior. Exactly. Because he does it to the wrong dog, not one of our dogs, and it could go badly. Yes, exactly. And uh, there's a lot of things that come into play with proper dog interaction that a lot of people don't fully understand. And that's a whole different topic. But with this specifically, he starts playing with the bigger dogs, the older dogs, and they are like, I just want to lay down on the couch, but I don't really want you to be here pulling on my ears or my tail. So it's first, it's a, a statement to him. It's like, hey, you can't do that. You need to stop you need to apologize. And then if, yes, apologize to the dog. Sorry, Papa, that's Grandpa. Sorry, Nick, sorry, Questy Pup. Those are all things that he, um, you know, has to say. And then it's leave them alone. Or 
you have consequences. That's going to be a timeout or we're doing something. Whatever it is for your specific children, it needs to be discipline that works, right? That fits into the category of discipline. Um, then he does it again. 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later, he's, he's excited. He's in that witching hour, the same witching hour that we see with little puppies, right? Yes. In the evening, when they become starting to get tired. rambunctious because they're tired. Yes. It's been a long day. It's all culminating to the end. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this battle and we, we stay consistent with him. If we say something, it's not idle threats. I mean, he goes and does it again. Then I explain to him, I said, it's time for time out. You go sit down over here. And then he's upset or throws a little, uh, about it, whatever. About it, yeah. We come over and talk. He said, do you know why you're in time out? It's because you pestered the dogs. Like we talked about. Yeah, daddy. Okay. Go tell the puppy. Sorry. And then he's good for a little bit. And then it happens again. Usually. So, I mean, it's just this cycle. So it's constantly teaching him what the expectation is. And the other side of it is that Ethan was mentioning with our adult dogs is that we have expectations for them as well. So they are collar conditioned to stay on a dog bed. And what Aiden likes to do, like we talked about, is get them to get off their dog bed and then chase them around. Well, yeah, if if they they stay on their dog bed. Yeah, if they don't run off and make it exciting for him to chase them. He just sits by them. They don't do anything. He pets them a little bit, and then he wanders off to go play with his own toys and do his own thing. So the excitement isn't there. So if we can have the expectations with our adult dogs that have collar conditioning to stay on a dog bed, that, hey, you just have to stay there. He's not really doing anything naughty in a sense. He's just sitting there next to you on your dog bed. No big deal. As soon as he gets bored of that, which doesn't take too long for a two-year-old toddler, he goes away. They stay on their dog bed and both are happy as can be. So then you have the puppy. Puppy puppy tricks, which I'm sure you guys have seen on social media and in the most recent teach your puppy to sleep in a crate overnight video. You you at least got to hear her in most of that video. You haven't seen that video yet. You need to definitely take it out. I mean, check it out. It's, um, it's real, right? That's what we try and do with all of our training videos. It's showing real situations. And again, us struggling with a puppy sleeping overnight for the first few nights is normal. So um, now all of that being said, the puppy brings a whole new level of energy to the situation because she wants to play with him. She wants to play tug with him. She wants to grab his toys. She wants to chase him. She wants to be chased. She wants all of those things. And that energy transfers from him to her to him, to her, to him, to her. And then they're running around like wild banshees screeching. And then she knocks him down or she bites him on the hand or nips his leg or something happens. Or he trips over her and she cries. I mean, it goes back and forth, yes. you know, somebody's gonna poke an eye out. Somebody's, you know, you're gonna shoot your eye out. You know, it's going to escalate to the point where it's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. And then it does happen. And then it's like, okay, we need to take a step back and figure out how we can interrupt that behavior so that it doesn't escalate and get carried away. And that that doesn't set a precedent where tricks thinks, Hey, this is how I always will interact in the house and how I always interact with children. We don't want that to become the precedent. So again, we have to work with both him and the puppy and we try and set them up in situations where they can interact properly 
and still have some play time, but also have some non play time. So we get him uh, puppy toys that are tug toys or something else and say, here, play with the puppy, play tug with the puppy. All of that's great. Okay. Now then on the flip side of that, we, we say, all right, let's sit down as a family and watch a movie in the evening or something along those lines. And Trix comes up and hangs out with us and he's relaxed and she's relaxed and he sits there and pets her while we watch a movie. You know, so being able to incorporate both aspects of it, but being consistent, not giving up and saying, oh, whatever, this is just easier. Let them just roughhouse. Um, because it won't just go away. It's not just no. a puppy phase that'll no, phase no, no, out. No. It's going to become a conditioned habit of how puppies interact and then they are adults and how they interact with other people and children. Um, and once they're bigger, they're much rougher when they're playing like that. Um, and then we also teach Aiden things like no puppy, get down puppy. If she's jumping at him or trying to, which she's really good about trying to jump on his high she, chair. Yeah, she's figured out that there's food up there and that sounds like a great place and she's just tall enough that she can get her little paws up over the edge and just her nose up over the the edge of that high chair. And um, so it's teaching him to be able to tell her as well, no puppy. And the same thing with when he's on the ground, if he's getting jumped on or knocked down, he's got to be able to stand up for himself and say, no puppy, don't jump on me. It's not okay. And he will give her a little push down. Obviously, he's, you know, two and isn't able to hurt her, but he's able to physically exert a little bit of dominance over her to say, no, puppy, get down. I don't want to be jumped on. And that's important for him to understand, too. If he needs to let the puppy know that that's enough, then he can step in and do that. Even at two years old, he can do that. When he was quite a bit younger, I mean, and this specifically mentions a six-month-old, that's one of those situations where with a little puppy and a six-month-old, that's just asking for somebody or for the baby to get hurt, basically, in our opinion. Um, Now, if you've got older dogs, it's a lot easier interaction or, um, you know, introduction to an interaction. And uh, But even that, there's a video, I think it posted it on... I think we posted it when Aiden was little baby. It was like first real interactions. He was pretty small and Rex, the old man's laying there next to us. And he's all, oh, look, him so calm and old. And then he goes, whop, with his paw right in the middle of Aiden's face, you know. So um, just an unpredictable dog stretch thing to do. And he just stretched and. And they're so much bigger and tougher that they can easily hurt a little baby. So um, we really monitor the interactions when the children are too young to, you know, advocate and stand up for themselves. And then we need to be the ones that step in and create those boundaries and that separation in those situations. So, yes, there's definitely we have to have realistic expectations. We're not going to say, yeah, your six month, six month old baby is going to be able to say no puppy, get down puppy and push them away. I mean, your six month old is probably just to the point where they're sitting up and um, getting knocked over very easily. So we definitely want to, in those situations, kind of just separate them. Um, We're going to be back in that situation again, very shortly with a new baby and always puppies in this household. So we will be doing, of course, more with that. Um, And hopefully we'll be able to shoot some videos in the future showing some interactions and things like that, how we work through lots of different situations with puppies and babies and adult dogs. Okay, so in case you didn't know, we have an online dog training community through a website called Patreon. They are a subscription platform, basically, and another social page similar to the way Instagram or Facebook works, but it is set up just for people that need help 
from us. It's designed to support creators. So we set up on there and we have an environment set up so that people can directly ask us questions. And that is where we put the brunt of our time, effort, energy into answering questions for people. Now, there was one person specifically that was on there. And I want to talk about this situation because I don't want to provide um, false hope or false understanding of what this uh, dog training community is. There is no magic answer. We have a lot of experience and we have a lot of information to provide for you. But like any educational platform or any educational situation, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And that, I mean, I, I can't say it any other way with that. So there's in, no easy button. You can't just ask us a question. We give you this magical fix that fixes it. If you're not willing to put in the time or take our advice and our suggestions, then it's probably not going to work. It's, and it's not, not going to fix the situation. Well, it's probably not right for you too, if you're in that situation. So in this, we had a, a situation that directly relates to this question. We thought it would be a good one to bring up. It's um, in this situation specifically, they ask about a teenager that was trying to have proper interactions with the puppy. I believe the puppy was somewhere between four and six months old, uh, maybe a little younger or closer to four months, give or take a little bit there. And he said, how do I help my puppy better interact with my child? Well, my first question was, how old is the child? Teenager age. And I said, okay, so in this situation, it is a give and take. We have to be able to help both the puppy learn how to have proper interaction, as well as the teenager be able to help teach proper interaction. It's the only way that that situation is going to get better. So in that, I want you guys to understand that it is, hmm, it is, it's one of those things that there isn't some magic answer, you know, in, in this specific situation, he didn't like that. He said, oh, well, if you aren't going to give me any help, then like, no, that, that is the help. We have to be able to help both sides of this situation to be able to better this. And it basically came down to the young teenager wasn't willing to do anything to, uh, you're sort of afraid to puppy. hurt the puppy's yeah. feelings. Didn't want to hurt the puppy's feelings, but the puppy needed to be shown and told that this kind of interaction isn't okay. And the child teenager wasn't willing to do that. So again, it's that two way street. Well, if you're not willing or they're not willing to do the training, do the work and even do some training and building a bond and having the respect from that Absolutely. puppy is That's a big key. part of it. And if they're not willing to do that, then we can't may make any changes and fixes to that situation. Improper interaction is a lack of understanding first and foremost. And then once there's an understanding, it's a lack of respect. Respect is gained through training and understanding. And everybody in the family that is able needs to take part in those daily training sessions and, and have the same expectations. If you can't unify as one family to have the same rules, you are going to struggle period. Yes. So, Great question, um, and it was a lot of really cool stuff that I thought we were able to bring in there. A couple things that we've got as far as the docket. Go ahead and talk about that, honey, about what we've got upcoming, some of the ideas from y'all. Okay, so upcoming, we have some really cool videos that we have been asked about a lot. Uh, people watch our Instagram and Facebook stories where we're showing little snippets of training sessions and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great place for us to gain inspiration because we have been training dogs for 
a while. And so we don't always necessarily think of some of these little tips and tricks that we just do in training as let's make a video about that. But because we're putting little snippets of those sessions on those stories, people are going, Hey, do you have a video on teaching a dog to swing into heel? Well, actually, no, we don't No, but we can. Do you have a video on how to teach threshold manners? Well, actually, no, we don't, but we can. So those are a couple of videos coming up um, shortly that we're planning on filming. That'll be a swing into heel and um, a down and threshold manners. So those are all upcoming videos. Another question that I get, I want to say on the daily because it probably is on the daily is about crate sizes and what's the right crate for their dog and what crate should they get. So we've talked about crate sizes in other videos, but I think that we're going to do a standalone crate size comparison video showing different sizes and how dogs should fit in those crates and options and about the progression um, for age and things like that. Now, of course, we're working with German short hair pointers primarily because that's what we breed, that's what we own, that's what we have. But you can apply the same sizing and how the dog fits in the crate to any breed. So that will also be coming up. As well as there are a few others, a few of the bigger ones. Now, the next thing, and this again, this is what I mentioned before that I'm really excited about. Um, Everybody knows me as the guy with the pink gun, right? So we've got uh, a few different topics that pop up on our Standing Stone YouTube channel, and they don't 100% belong here. Well, our, our channel really has a feel for training, obedience training, hunting dog training. Some hunting D- with some dogs. Some hunting with dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, dog training. Uh, and then helping people train their own dogs through these question and answer type of videos. Absolutely. So I'm going to be starting a second YouTube channel and that's where we're going to push all of the really kind of cool things that I like to do. Um, (laughs) yes, there will be uh, videos there about, uh, pigeons, racing pigeons and, um, the, the, fun that I have with those. There will also be videos about uh, some of the shotgun shooting stuff that I've done a little bit of talking about different drills to do as well as some of the exhibition style or trick shot style shooting. Even when you're talking about, you know, different shotgun shells and chokes and things like that and mm -hmm. patterning your shotgun and things like that, that'll all have more of a place on that channel than our channel. So it is going to be popping up here very soon. There will be a channel. There will be a couple new videos here uh, over the month of February. And as that continues to grow, we'll be able to put more stuff out. But we would love it if anybody here has the opportunity to to go over and hit uh, the subscribe button there. Follow that, especially if that's some of the things that you really enjoy that you haven't been seeing as much of. Um, Guy with the Pink Gun YouTube channel will be coming very, very soon. Uh, you'll probably see the first video within the next week. So I think that's kind of the basis of our on the docket videos coming up. Uh huh. I think so. And of course, more that come to mind as we continue creating more content. Yeah, well, we're going to stay in the the realm of two to three videos a week. Uh, so there will be very consistent content coming. Yeah, last year I think that we um, 
We got a little ridiculous. Got I mean, a little overwhelming for our, our subscribers. There were the, a few weeks in there that we posted 14 videos. Yeah, and uh, I don't think people could really keep up. And it was, it's like drinking from a fire hydrant, someone told me. You just, you can't take it all in at that point. So if we can slow down our content a little bit, I think that people will be able to actually watch most of those videos and appreciate the videos and the content instead of being overwhelmed by it. Absolutely, so. absolutely. All right, next question. Oh, I, you took a weird pause. I thought you were going to start and stop the camera or something. Waiting for you to talk. That okay. was the weird pause. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a weird pause anyway. From Ozzy Waterfowling. My pup cowers by my legs if ever I try and use the vibrate for recall or place training. It's not on a very high setting, but she pretty much won't do anything if she feels a vibrate. After that, it takes her a while to work up the confidence to walk around again. I'm a bit stuck on this as she's almost six months and I want to start formal training before duck season comes around. So this was from a while ago, this question, but we really wanted to answer this one because it's very common in... Yeah, more and more common as we've seen. Yeah, it seems like it's becoming more common than it used to be in the past. Um, And one thing that I just wanted to mention based on how the question was worded, um, I don't know of an e-collar that has different levels of vibrate. Yeah, e-collar technologies does. Oh, okay. Yep. So they're Ethan the nose of the collar that has different levels of. Yeah, they're, they're the the hockey puck style. Ah, uh, the ones. mini educators, right? Yeah, that's one of the brands. E-collar technologies is the name of that company, I believe. I'm I'm upper I'm upper like zero to hundred. I'm closer to hundred on the scale of. I'm pretty sure the vibrate level changes. Ooh, this would be a good one that if um since I didn't know about this that Ethan would normally bet me about this. How much you want to bet that there is a collar out there that has different levels of vibrate? And I'd be like, ah, that just sounds weird because I haven't heard of it before. And I would bet him and then I would lose. Do you want to make a bet? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, what I was getting at for us, we use DT Systems e-collars and their e-collars have vibrate, but it's all one level, same vibrate, no matter what. And then they have different levels of stimulation, which yes, correlate to both their nick or momentary and then their continuous stimulation. So if you have a collar that has vibrate that doesn't have different levels, you know what I'm talking about. Just the one level. Yep. So if yours for sure. And I've also heard people uh, misunderstanding the fact that they turn the level up on their collar and think that vibrates changing and it's not actually changing. That um, looks that way on uh, some of the the Garmin Tritronics units, it has a vibrate feature and you can actually change the level on the vibrate, but the vibrate level on the color does not change. So it is confusing. Uh, and I just wanted to clarify. So if you're questioning that. So onto this question, the answer is actually very simple. This one is a simple one. It's not a, a quick fix, if you will, but the key to that whole situation is building confidence through consistent expectations and completing the reps, showing the expectation. We have a video and it's uh, with a Weimariner that struggled. And unfortunately for that video, he didn't look quite 
as bad as he was in training. I was like, this will be perfect. It and always then happens that way. Plus, we've been making progress. Yeah. I mean, he'd had a couple training sessions, been making progress. Yes. If and we'd, we'd started videoing from day one, it would have been better. But, but you also don't necessarily know that you don't know. it's not going to no. go well, so you don't have your camera equipment set up. But ultimately, so the, the key to the whole situation is um, we're having, we're assuming here, because uh, we don't have video or full info on this, but we're assuming... He went through a proper introduction of the cues. The dog shows an understanding in controlled situations. We've moved to collar conditioning. If we don't have an understanding, if you don't have an understanding, you don't need to be moving to collar conditioning. So now that we're pre-rex, pre-rex are done, we're going on to collar conditioning. That's where we're at here, and the dog is struggling because the dog is apprehensive to the vibrate. It's weird, whatever. Now, all of this is... In this specific situation, uh, negative reinforcement training, right? The, do- the dog's going to comply with the collar. The collar shuts off. It's taking something away to improve the behavior. Now, if the dog is apprehensive, hides in the corner, hides between your legs, does something other than what it's supposed to, and the collar shuts off, you are reinforcing the behavior you're not necessarily looking for. And reinforcement-based training strengthens behavior. So inadvertently, you are strengthening the behavior that you're seeing here saying, I know this isn't right and I don't want this to continue, but you, in fact, are strengthening that behavior. Yes, and it happens more often than not. So don't think that you're alone if you're struggling It's with because it. you don't know. I mean, it's just a lack of truly feeling confident with what you're doing. And it's when you don't know what you're doing, you don't want to... You don't want to screw them up. And you're like, oh man, I'm messing up my dog. I just better turn the collar off so that I don't screw something up. Well, once probably isn't that big of a deal, but then people are like, well, I'm going to try again. Oh, and that didn't work. Again. And then try again. And, and then, then I'll again. give it a week off. Then I'll try again. And that starts conditioning this behavior like Ethan was talking about, that you're actually reinforcing a behavior that you're not looking to reinforce, which is them cowering, hiding, coming to you, going between your legs or going to a corner. The reinforcement-based training makes things exponentially better or in, you know, in the case of... It strengthens behaviors. It strengthens the behaviors exponentially, though, I'm saying. So yes. it goes from, it's not like incrementally, one, two, three, four, five, a little better. It goes... It goes yep, it's a sharp curve there. We're getting better, 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 not... So and maybe not better, but stronger, 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 stronger is the word. Yep. Yep. Stronger is the word. And when those are the behaviors we want, they're getting exponentially better and stronger at the same time. But when they're the behaviors we don't want, they're still getting exponentially stronger, but it's not a good thing. So yeah, the key is to be prepared by having an environment that is controlled and you are ready for this in a, a recall or a play session or either, whichever you're starting with. We show both. If you watch our, if you go to YouTube, go to playlist, you can watch Sprig, uh, Clutch, Quest, Mac, Rogue. Rogue. You can watch all of these playlists from eight, uh, eight weeks till basically a year with all of them. And they show the development process and each dog is different and each dog went through different steps and different orders because of those things. So a dog that is overly cooperative, we're going to work on teaching them to go away first with the collar. A dog that's overly independent, we're going to teach them to come back first with the collar. So whatever the situation may be, you need to know that your dog understands 
when you turn on the collar, ask for the cue, you have to follow through with that, no matter what their reaction is. Now, with recall, and even without recall, having a, a, a leash or check cord attached to them, if you see this apprehension or this avoidance or this whatever it may be that's not good, the, the check cord is going to be your best friend, okay? We offer them on our store, but the check cord is going to be your best friend because you have a way to get a hold of them, help direct them, get them back to you, get them to where they're supposed to be, and just know, feel confident in this fact, the vibrate is not hurting them at all. It's buzzing like your cell phone. It's it just might a surprise mild annoyance. or startle them at first, and but then you need it to work through them. it. No, nope. yep. you just need to work through it. You do another rep and another rep and another rep, and you build confidence. And once you've built that confidence up, it's going to be perfect all downhill from there. Yeah, and I typically also recommend people build momentum in their training session first. Most of this training is done initially with positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. with clickers and kibble or treats. And I say, start your session that way and start working on the one behavior that you're going to be collar conditioning that day. So if you're going to work on recall, start doing a few reps of recall with positive reinforcement first, then especially with dogs that are a little apprehensive. Once you start with the collar, you're probably not going to be overlaying the collar and treats at the same time. Like we've shown in some of our other collar conditioning videos, because if they're a little apprehension of that collar, they're not really going to be interested in eating a treat after that point, um, typically. So then the treats can go away, but we can still have the you know, expectations of finishing the behavior, helping them through moving their feet, redirecting their focus with that check cord. Absolutely. Now, talking about Patreon, this is another Patreon-specific situation, and uh, they're great, man. If you are trying to train your dog, you have questions, you want help, check that out, patreon.com slash standingstonekennels. Okay, so in this specific situation, the patron sign up, signed up at the VIP tier, which gives you the access of sending messages directly through the Patreon app, sending videos of your training sessions, and then calling. And this gentleman specifically was having issues. He was like, ah, this devil dog is destroying my house. It won't listen. And, you know, she's got it out for me and all of these things. All right. So these are not behaviors that uh, dogs, these are not thought processes that go through dogs' brains. They don't have it out for you. They're just trying to get their next paycheck. Okay. That is how dogs' brains work. They're trying to get paid. Entertain themselves. Yep. So that payment becomes a form of entertainment or whatever it is. Yeah, like they're trying to get in the garbage. They're trying to get some food. That's a payment. They're trying to go chase things. They're ignoring you. That's a payment. They're just entertaining themselves. Exactly. So in this specific situation, this dog likes to pay itself. You know, it's not worried about if you're going to be paying it or not. So he calls and we work through some things and he sends a video and I'm like, ah, you kind of need to do this. You kind of do this. And he starts sending videos over a collar conditioning and he calls and talks to me about it. And he's like, I don't know, man, is my dog just doesn't get this. And I'm like, no, I, I think that there's some timing that's off. So what he ended up moving into was the VIP live tier. Now that's our top tier in the training community there on Patreon. And what that allows us to do is sit with you while you're training via, uh, we typically use Google Meets, but essentially a Zoom call or a FaceTime Some or a whatever. Kind of live video chat. Video. So we're there. You've got a pro trainer in your back pocket while you're training your dog. 
to give you the confidence and the, 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 yeah, that's it. Keep going. Yep. That's right. Don't do that anymore. You're done. Timing. Timing is key. Timing. And that's the biggest part. He's got his old headphones on and I'm right there in his ear saying, stop, hit the button. Don't do it anymore. All right. Go again. Yep. More, more, more. Yep. Good. There. That's it. And timing, like we've talked about in lots of other videos, is the most important part of dog training. If your timing is off, that can disrupt and ruin and make you fail in all of your sessions. Um, So having proper timing is so important. And having a phone call and making a game plan about what your next session is going to be is good. It's helpful. But you don't have us there for the timing. Sending us a video that we watch after the fact is also good for us to give you some feedback on. But if there's something that you're truly, really struggling with, again, it doesn't allow us to give you that precise timing that needs to happen at the time of training. Exactly. So that VIP live tier is really the best option if you're struggling with a really big issue that you just can't work through on your own via us going back and forth and back and forth. I'll make this quick, but he was having two major issues. One of them was with collar conditioning to recall. In controlled environments, he did pretty good. But even in a slightly uncontrolled environment that was going into his backyard, it's fenced in, that would still categorize in my mind as a pretty controlled environment, but he's struggling, right? Dog's inconsistent, kind of blowing him off, drive-bys, like, oh, yeah, I hear you, Dad, kind of zoom past, whatever. And I was able to be there in that in that live video watching saying, nope, keep on or push the button, do this, 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 this. And then, boom, in one session, we went from him saying, I don't think she's ever going to be collar conditioned to recall properly to, now she gets it 100%. Then we took that to the next level with healing. We have an easy lead. That is our product that we make. You can find it at standingstonekennels.com slash store. That is going to be updating pretty soon. We'll tell you all about that exciting stuff here shortly. But the easy lead he's working on, she's fighting it, right? And, and that this comes happens down once to, in a while. It does, but it comes back to that. It's a, it's a negative reinforcement type of tool that she figured out how to get out of it. He lacked confidence. She strengthened that behavior of escape, 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 escape. Yep. And in one session live, I was able to, uh, let's go with two. I was able to help him and, and we gave her a break, then able to help him again. And in two sessions, I mean, he's been struggling for weeks, two sessions where we went from not at all, healing to barely standing there and tolerating the, the lead. muzzle. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. lead over to, to completely he sent me another video today, just as a progress report. He's like, you got to see this. Uh, perfect. I mean, basically perfect healing two sessions. So it's, um, it's those success stories that are a lot of fun, uh, that go hand in hand with the questions that you're all are asking. And we have the resources available to you to help you check us out. Patreon.com slash standing stone kennels. And obviously, like we talked about before, he's putting the time in. Mm-hmm. He's putting the time in and he's reaping the rewards of a dog that is much better behaved, much better trained at this point Absolutely. through the help that we've been able to provide him and him being willing to do the training and take the advice. And um, that's what's really rewarding is to see those leaps because that's what they are is leaps in progress. And Please don't under uh, uh, misunderstand either cat or I. We are fairly straightforward. 
We give you the answer to your question and we don't sugarcoat it. All right. So it's there to say, this is how we can help you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm out of bourbon, folks. I've got plenty of water left, so I say we go for another like 30 minutes. And we're out of time. <laughs> and we'll see you in the next video.